Hello everybody and welcome back to Special Education Information. My name is Joy and I am joined by my two African greys. One is Jojo and the other is Sterling. And on that note, I thought I'd get going with the podcast by telling some stories. But first, to clean up a little business, I do want to apologize that it has been a very long time since I have posted anything, and I do apologize. There's just been a lot of things going on in my personal life and with family, and hopefully I'll be able to get back to a more regular schedule at posting my podcast. The stories I'm telling are regarding students that are all over the age of 18, and most of them have contact with me and can ask me to pull this podcast down if they feel that I violated something overly personal. But I do like to think that I know them well enough that I have not overstepped my boundaries with them. There are some serious stories, but I also put in some lighthearted stories that I think are rather enjoyable. The first one I want to start with was a student that I'm going to call Sean. And he was about fourth grade. And we were working on some reading skills. And out of the blue, he stops and he says, Miss Co, I have to tell you something. I said, okay, what is it, Sean? What do you need to tell me? And he points at his hair. And his hair was bright red. It is the color that is envious by every female, especially around him. And he points at his hair and he goes, Miss Co, Women, mostly women, they pay hundreds of dollars for my hair color to color their hair so that their hair color can be like mine, but mine is free. And I could not help but crack up laughing because he was so accurate and so true about the color of his hair and that there are lots of women who would color their hair his color, and that they would spend a ton of money doing it. Another student of mine, I'm going to call him Aaron. He provided me with so many stories to tell. I kept a headband on my desk at the school. My desk was in the classroom and he came upon it and he didn't actually really know what a headband was, which I couldn't quite figure that out, but that doesn't matter. And he took the headband and he asked me what it was for and I told him that you pull it down on your neck and you pull it up and it holds your hair out of your face. And I kept it there for when I was working on projects that I had to bend over a lot such as when I was doing my lesson plan book. And so he took it and he pulled it over his head so that it was on his head kind of like a crown. And he said like this. And I said no not exactly. And he says well I kind of like it like this and it holds my hair out of my face. I said okay. So here's my deal. If you wear that headband on your head like that all the way through the school day, all the way, and I'll check and I'll see, I'll check at recess and everything, I will give you extra credit. And sure enough, this kid wore that headband on his head just like that through the whole school day. So I gave him extra credit for one of his projects because he was brave enough to stand up to peer pressure and wear that headband that way. Another one that was actually kind of an ongoing sort of joke that went back and forth between him and I on the, um, like a long term, maybe a month long. I love the San Jose Sharks and he also enjoyed them and he went to a game and he got a signed hockey, hockey puck and he brought it in for me to see and he left it on his desk. And so 
I snuck it off his desk and I put it on mine. And he was looking for it. And took him a little bit and he figured out. Oh, because I put it right where it was obvious to find. He finally figured out where it was. And he took it and he put it back. But what was so funny is he changed the game of it. Instead of waiting for me to take it back on my desk, he took it from his and he hid it on my desk. He put some papers over it. And so it took a while for me to find it. And so then when I found it, I thought, huh, that's kind of a funny way of doing this. Usually, you know, you kind of snatch it from the other person, not have the other person hide it on your desk. So I took it and I hid it on his desk. And we did this back and forth for about a month. And he kept saying, no, 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 you should have it. You love the sharks more than I do. And I was like, no, 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 no. I said, this is, this is for you. And this is something that, you know, you got as a gift while you were there. Finally, it did end up in the long run in his hands, which is where it should have been. And I told him, I said, take this home. I said, this is valuable and, and sentimental. I said, and I think you'll remember, especially now, all about it. And it's, it's got two, two memories for you. The other thing is, is he loved to play chess and we had some free time one time where all the other kids were out at their specialist and he was the only one in the classroom. So I thought, let's play chess and he beat me and we played a couple games and he won all but one of them. Definitely a better chess player. Everybody's a better chess player than I am. I know the rules, but I just don't see the strategy ahead of time the way that most people can. After that, he would follow me around the school campus at recess time and at lunch recess saying let's go play chess we need to play chess we should play chess because he was so proud of himself that he could be his teacher well I kept having to tell him like you know it's not really appropriate for you to be following your teacher around go play with your friends maybe one of them will play chess with you and he still kept doing it and finally I had to sort of go in the classroom and lock the door to keep him from pestering me about playing chess and so finally he gave up and life went on and then I started him reading, uh, figured out he had a learning disability, mild. And I started working with him using an Orton-Gillingham program. He made really quick progress, and it really showed up in his academic skills as well. And so that was good. And it helped make reading easier for him in general. So then he started following me around again, saying we need to do more lessons so that I can learn to read better and learn to read faster. And it was... The same as with the chess where he was following me around and again I had to kind of lock the door to keep him out so that he wasn't following me around but that just goes to show you how effective that program is. He just really really wanted that program and if I had to skip a day with him on that program he was really upset. He is also one of these kids he was so hyperactive he had uh, ADHD. What I learned about him was to make sure he always had more than one project to be working on. And as long as he did, he'd switch back and forth, but he'd still get them both done. That was fine with me. I didn't mind that he'd switch from project A to project B and back to A. That didn't bother me. What I found humorous about him was that he would come to me and ask for more work. He wanted more projects to work on. And he would ask not for extra credit, just that he could add additional things to one of the projects that he'd be working on to make it more intense and I would let him do it and I'd give him a few extra points for it. I didn't make a habit of giving him extra credit for it because it wasn't really fair to the other students who were still working really hard on their projects so that was credit to him. But My favorite story of all time I think with him 
is with the ADHD, he had what we call the wiggle seat. And it's kind of a ballooned out cushion so kids can sit on and kind of rock on. And it helps them focus. And he, instead of sitting on it one day, he was sort of tossing it up in the air. And it was falling on the ground and kind of rolling a little bit. And I finally told him, if you do that again and it hits the floor and it rolls, you're going to have to find it and sit on it wherever it goes on the floor. So he keeps tossing it and sure enough, hits the floor, rolls across into the back of the classroom. So I tell him, go find it, go sit on it. And he looks at me and he's like, are you serious? And I said, you've been with me in this classroom now for over a semester. You know I'm serious. Go sit on the cushion. So he goes back there. And so sitting on it, to be slightly defiant, he lays on it. Not worth the argument. He's back there. I can tell he's focused on what I'm saying now because he's laying on this cushion and that's about all he's doing. And I hear the jiggling of the keys that my supervisor had in her hand. And she always did that with her keys. They always jingled and so that we all knew she was coming in. And I was thinking, oh, this is a problem because I've got the student laying on the floor in the pathway of that door coming up to me. And she comes in, she steps over him, and she walks up to me, says whatever it was she had to say. I don't remember because all I was thinking about was this kid laying on the floor. And, you know, here's my supervisor seeing this kid laying on the floor. And she walks out steps back over him, leaves, you know, relocks the door and, and goes on her way. And the bell rings and I dismiss all the kids, including him after I made him put the cushion back where it belonged. So I get on the computer really quick and I'm like, let me explain why the kid Aaron was on the floor. And I explain what happened and I get an email back a few minutes later. And she just says, I trust that you know what you're doing. It's okay. Nothing to stress over. But I just remember that feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is my supervisor's coming in and, and there's Aaron laying on the floor for no obvious reason other than to be on the floor. It worked out okay, but that is one of my most favorite memories and stories of working as a teacher within a classroom. Then there's Angie. She's mostly a more serious story set of stories that I have in my collection of memories as a teacher. She taught me probably more than any other student that I ever had. I think, I think there's just so much that she taught me. She had a rough background, a really rough background. I'm not sure I really want to go into it too much, but it's really hard to explain what a tough life she led up until coming to the school that I was teaching at. And really, I, I think before I tell all of her background story, I want to get her permission to tell it. And if she gives me the go ahead, then at that point, I'll just do a podcast on just her story. I bring it up only because one of the things that we need to keep in mind as teachers and staff working with our students is that their backgrounds make a big difference in how they react to things and that we really need to keep that in mind and we really need to be able to work with all of the members of their support staff to make sure they're getting their needs met because some of our students come to us and they seem okay and then it seems like they're making a really lot of bad or poor decisions but when you know their history you realize why they are reacting to things the way that they are and Angie was one of those students 
when I learned about her history, it gave me a whole lot more tolerance and patience for her decisions and for her temperament. And I will say she did get some therapy towards the end of the time that I had the privilege of knowing her. It made a night and day difference. So if you do have a student who is struggling with some choices that they're making and maybe some of their behaviors, consider trying to get some therapy or convincing family members that they need that. And you may find that it changes the student's life. And then that is good. That is very, very good. And I really hope that she continued therapy after she graduated. I really, really do because I think it made such a big difference in her life. I tried and tried and tried to fill that role. And I think others did too, but we just aren't trained as teachers to be that serious of a support system that a therapist is. Anyway, the student was pretty, she was sweet in the fact that she loved to help people. If you could find a way to have her help you out with stuff, you drew out the best of her. When I saw that she was about to have a hard time with her behavior, I would find ways of having her help me out with something like delivering messages to people on the campus, to the principal, maybe delivering old library books back for me, uh, running down to the dining hall to pick some stuff up for me, going with her own M teacher to the store to pick something up, give her some money to do it. Just things like that. Just running errands really helped. Helping me with cleaning up the classroom. Things like that. She just was so helpful. And I really hope she finds a career where she can be somebody that is helpful with other people. Because it's a strength. It was a really super big strength. And she's so sweet and caring. Uh, she came in one time. I had the classroom lights off. Because I, I fight migraines. And... I was having one of those days, the migraine kicked on just before lunch and the kids left. So I turned all the lights off and lowered some of the blinds down. This classroom had tons of windows, which was mostly awesome, except for migraine days. And she came in and she'd been a student of mine for a couple of years by that point. And she recognized, I guess the tone in my voice that I was hurting. And I had turned the lights back on when I heard them come to the door and I was letting them in. And she went over and turned the lights back on. And I was like, oh, you know, Angie, don't worry about it. I said, go ahead and, you know, leave leave the lights on. And she said, no, you know, no, Miss Coe. She's like, we're okay. We don't need the lights. It's okay. And she really got insistent that, that they didn't need the lights on. And I just remember that that was the most probably sweet thing that a student's really ever done for me as a teacher. And don't get me wrong, I've had students who've done very sweet things for me over the years. But I just remember thinking that she was so insistent like that and told the other students, you know, we're going without the lights for the rest of the day. And it was two periods. So Angie, if you're uh, listening to this and you know who you are, thank you for that. Cause that really was one of my best, best memories I, I have had with a student for sweetness. But there are some other more serious uh, stories she did that now I hope she looks back as kind of funny. Even at the time though, I did find one story humorous. I corrected her on one of the problems she was doing on math. She had it wrong by one digit and she got really upset about it. I'm not quite sure why she did, but she did. She just maybe had a bad time at lunch. 
and she started yelling at me and I was taken aback and was just sort of standing there listening to her and she was going on and finally she yells at me and she says well why don't you just send me to the principal I just looked at her and was like okay why didn't you go to the principal I literally had said no more than five words prior to that she she literally was lecturing herself so she stormed off out the door and went down to the principal's office who was unfortunately missing probably in a meeting. And so she went to the, I think it would be the third person in charge because everybody was in meetings. And then that person didn't realize the agreement that the principal and I had about if the student became upset, she would go and relax in the principal's office and cool down. I just always thought that was kind of ironic that the student, she sent herself to the principal's office and it was actually was going to be something I was going to do, but I really hadn't fully made that decision and she made the decision for me. So that was, um, that was kind of my little funny story about her. And then the other thing she did when she was brand new there, she took a piece of equipment. It was about $3,000, $3,000. I'm not kidding. It was a piece of equipment worth a lot of money and she shoved it at me. She got mad and she shoved it at me and I caught it, but I was mad this time. I mean, I didn't yell at her, but I was upset. What I did instead was I had her call the teacher who was responsible for that piece of equipment and told her that she, that the student Angie would no longer be attending that class anymore. Then I made the student use a typewriter instead of the computer to do her work for the rest of, well, until she apologized. And it took a couple weeks and who wants to use a manual typewriter? She finally came to me and said, I'm really sorry I did that and can I please go back to the class and can I please start using the computer again? Told her, okay, but this is what you have to do first. You have to take and write an apology letter to myself and to the tech crew and to the teacher that you work with for this and to the principal. I said, and you have to do it on the typewriter. And when you've done all of that, then I'll let you go back to your regular schedule. She did. She grabbed the typewriter, grabbed the paper, and she sat down and she wrote out all the apology letters I insisted on. And I had her hand deliver all of them. And once she did that, she went back to her regular schedule and used all of her normal equipment. And she never did that again as far as I know. I don't think even in her other classes she ever did that again. So she did learn her lesson. She's not, she was not a stupid child. She's actually quite bright. She just, her behavior sometimes got in the way. And again, that ties back into her history and what she grew up with. And, and so I was so thankful when she started getting therapy and that behavior really toned down. Yeah, so you know, when you're working with students that have some behavioral issues, look into their background. I mean, it's more than one kid I've had that has had that, you know. I had one kid I'll call Kelly. She was the same way. She had a really, really bad parenting situation at home until the grandparents stepped in and took custody of her and then took her back to to a different district where we were able to work with her and her temper and sure enough you know after six months of being in a new setting that child calmed down and we were able to work with her and we got a reading and it was really a great and fantastic change 
But if we didn't know about the history of her background, we would have just thought she was born with some kind of emotional behavioral issue and maybe treated her incorrectly for what her needs were. I have other stories that I'd like to tell, but I'm kind of running out of time here. But I'm running out of time here. I want to end with a basic kind of overall lesson, which is if you're teaching or you're working with students or even as a parent, take time to jot down a little note here and there about a story or something you want to remember in the future. Because I guarantee you, you're not going to remember some things that maybe you'd want to unless you have those little notes. It's worthwhile to look back at because once you get up to 10, 15, 20 years of teaching, you're just not, there's just too much to, to try to remember. But you will have certain memories like these that will always stand out and will always be with you and will hopefully teach you good lessons about yourself, about others, and about teaching, and especially about our students. So that's it for now, and hopefully I'll have another one posted next week. And I hope everything is going great and wonderful for you and yours.